section 103 of china japan and the islands of the pacific this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc the world story volume 1 china japan and the islands of the pacific edited by eva march tappan section one hundred and three tadasuke the japanese solomon by walter denning tadasuke lived in the first half of the eighteenth century in those days few people besides the officials knew what the laws were and each judge was practically free to extract evidence reward and punish as he thought best the following stories illustrate the sense of justice and the quickness of wit of tadasuke the most famous of these judges the editor an eighteenth-century judge it happened that a woman who was acting as a servant in the house of a certain baron had a little girl born to her whom she found it difficult to attend to properly while in service so she put it out to nurse in a neighboring village and paid a fixed sum a month for her maintenance when the child reached the age of ten the mother having finished her term of service left the baron's mansion being now her own mistress and naturally wishing to have her child with her she informed the woman who was taking charge of it of her wish the woman was reluctant to part with the child she was a very intelligent little girl and the foster mother thought that she might get some money by hiring her out to work so she informed the mother that she did not wish to part with her this of course soon led to a quarrel the disputants went to law about it and the case came up before tadasuke the woman to whom the child had been entrusted actually asserted that it was her own offspring and that the child's mother had no right to it whatever tadasuke saw at once that the dispute was one which could be settled in no ordinary way so he commanded the two women to place the child between them and one to take hold of its right hand and the other of its left and each to pull with all her might the one who conquers said he shall be declared the mother of the child the real mother disliked immensely this mode of settling the dispute therefore though she took hold of the child's hand as she was bidden fearing that the girl would be hurt by pulling violent on both sides she slackened her hold as soon as the foster mother began to pull and allowed the latter to get an easy victory there said the foster mother the child you see is mine then tadasuke with a loud voice interposed you are a deceiver the real mother of the child fearing that it would be hurt by the dragging intentionally relaxed her grasp 
on its hand but you who are in no way attached to the child by nature thought only of overcoming your adversary and cared nothing for the feelings of the girl tadasuke then commanded the foster mother to be bound she thinking that she would be tortured if she remained silent immediately confessed that she had been attempting to deceive them and asked for pardon it is on account of this story that tadasuke has been called the japanese solomon tadasuke and the smell of pickles when tadasuke was one of the mayors of edo a man called hachibi kept a shop in one of the back streets where he sold all kinds of old metal pots hachibi by dint of much effort had realized the sum of fifty ryo by his trade not knowing any better place in which to put this money he concealed it in his pickle jar he was living in what is called a nagaya which consists of one long building divided up into different parts to suit the convenience of the poor tenants who inhabit it as a large number of people were residing in this building some soon discovered that the money was concealed in the pickle jar and the discovery was no sooner made than the money was stolen one day when hachibi went to see whether his money was all right what was his astonishment to find it gone the poor man was in the greatest distress this blow seemed to break his heart he went to the owner of the building and told him what had happened the landlord was very sorry but said he did not know what to do he advised hachibi to have another look for the money as it might be in the jar after all hachibi said that further search would be useless and that he thought the matter ought to be carried into court at once of course the matter should be reported said the landlord but how can it be carried into court if i do not know what case can be made out of it whom are you going to accuse hachibi pleaded hard saying that if this money were not recovered he would not know how to go on with his business so to satisfy him the landlord requested tadasuke to institute an inquiry into the matter after hearing the case tadasuke said to hachibi your idea of putting the money into the pickle jar was a good one and had you not kept going to the jar to see it was safe doubtless no one would have discovered it was there but your constantly going to the jar created suspicion and led to it being stolen have you any remembrance of anybody seeing you take it out of the jar i have no remembrance of any one seeing me do it replied hachibi but i think that the person who stole it must be someone who resides in the same building with me for it is not likely that a stranger would look for anything valuable in a pickle jar there you are right said the magistrate 
and it is very annoying that a person like yourself who has after much trouble succeeded in making fifty ryo should lose it in this way here the landlord stepped forward and said if you please my lord this man is in a very distressed state owing to the loss of his money he talks about killing himself what to do with him i do not know i humbly and respectfully beg that your excellency will do him the favor of looking into the matter you may go for the present i shall send for you again replied tadasuke two or three days later a letter reached hachibi commanding him to appear before tadasuke it was also added that every person in the nagaya in which hachibi lived man woman or child was to appear at court on the day appointed the people who occupied the same building one and all made their appearance tadasuke opened the inquiry by stating what had occurred hachibi said he a seller of old metal some little time ago took some money which belonged to him and putting it into a linen bag concealed it in a pickle jar this money has been removed from the jar by some one other although people might be inclined to call this a theft i have little doubt that its removal was not a premeditated act but that somebody who was going to the pickle jar came across the money accidentally and suddenly before he knew what was about was overcome by a desire to carry it off very likely the man or woman who took it went to the jar intending to take a few pickles and seeing the money carried it off anyhow the person who took the money must have put his or her hand into the pickle jar and doubtless the smell of pickles associated as it is in this case with the removal of the money will still remain on that person's hand by going round to each of you and smelling your hands then i shall discover who has taken the money but before i do this there is one thing i wish to say which is this if the person who has taken the money waits till i come and discover him or her that person's crime will be considered to be a great one but if the guilty party comes forward and confesses at once what he or she has done i shall deal leniently with that person here tadasuke put on a severe and somewhat angry face and prepared to rise just at this juncture a man in one of the back seats smelt his fingers whereupon tadasuke exclaimed how wonderful it is that a man who is conscious of having done wrong should carry the smell of his misdemeanor in his fingers though some days have elapsed since the deed which defiled the heart was perpetrated that smell evidently adheres to the hand of him who committed it 
there is no need to inquire into the matter any further here pointing to the man who had smelt his fingers you said the magistrate have taken the money the man feeling that after his unconscious act had revealed the truth it was useless to seek to hide it any longer confessed that he was the offender and begged for forgiveness tadasuke and the woman in the box it happened once that a robber who would not confess his guilt was brought before tadasuke he was asked to try and devise some means of inducing him to confess tadasuke had a large box brought into the courthouse and gave orders that the thief's wife should be placed in the box before his eyes then he had the box removed to an adjoining room and caused an officer to be put into it in the wife's steed when the arrangements were complete the box was again brought into the courthouse and tadasuke addressed the robber as follows as you refuse without punishment of some sort to confess the crime that we are sure you have committed instead of administering to you the usual torture i decree that you carry your wife once around the town the man put the box on his back and set off around the town when he reached an unfrequented spot where he thought that no one would hear him he exclaimed i say wife crime is a thing that ought not to be committed what trouble it brings us into here the officer sprang out of the box and uttering the words go joy as is usual in the case of an arrest took the man into custody having thus committed himself the thief was no longer able to conceal his crime tadasuke and the man whose thumbs were tied a woman named chiko lent three hundred ryo to one hachirobi he denied that he had borrowed the money and in her indignation she set fire to his house the case came before tadasuke the editor as hachirobi obstinately refused to confess his guilt tadasuke addressed him as follows when i was a child we used to have a charm against forgetfulness it consisted in tying up the thumbs with paper which infallibly brought the matter to one's recollection practice that charm upon hachirobi so they took his right and left thumbs placing them one on the top of the other wrapped paper round them and put on the official seal after which his lordship said now hachirobi try hard to recollect and i warn you that if you tear the paper in the very least you will be committed to jail you will be examined every other day and mind you do not fail to appear thereupon both parties were dismissed my lord had quickly seen to the bottom of hachirobi's heart 
defining that though not a particularly wicked man he had been led by greed to refuse payment of the woman's money the thumb tying which ensued prevented hachirobi from sleeping at night and from feeding himself at meal-times above all it interfered with his taking pen in hand to balance his accounts and made everything more uncomfortable for him that can be imagined he was really at his wit's end when after the lapse of seven or eight days he was again summoned to attend and was addressed as follows how goes it hachirobi has the loan of the three hundred royo come to your recollection no doubt you never repaid it though you thought you had seeing that it was that money that led chico to commit arson she cannot be executed until the matter is cleared up so make haste with your pondering hachirobi could endure no longer my lord said he careful investigation of my ledgers has brought to light an entry of borrowed three hundred ryo and though no name is attached i make no doubt that the item referred to is the sum borrowed from chico then you admit that you borrowed it from chico inquired the judge yes my lord with all due respect i admit it you borrowed the three hundred ryo seven years ago so the sum will now amount to over five hundred ryo allowing interest at the rate of three ryo a month you must refund the whole of this however as it may inconvenience you to produce the entire sum at once you shall pay it back at the rate of twenty ryo a year in four installments of five ryo each having thus charged hachirobi his lordship was pleased to inquire chico's age and on being informed she was sixty-three he said well you will receive the five hundred ryo principal and interest in the manner i have just directed hachirobi year by year when the whole debt shall have been settled you will be executed to the proprietor of the house where she lived he said give notice at once if chico dies but no coroner need to be sent for this sentence brought the whole matter to a close the reasons underlying it were that at the rate of twenty rio a year it would take twenty-five years for the whole sum of five hundred rio to be received back by chico who was then already sixty-three years of age while furthermore the order simply to report her death without holding a coroner's inquest was dictated by the desire to save her from the capital punishment due to arson the result of the judgment was to impress not only the policemen and constables but the whole city with admiration for my lord's mercy and wisdom and it became very famous 
End of section 103. This recording is in the public domain.